Time always has and always will perpetuate those methods which better serve mankind. Chiropractic is no exception to that rule. Our illustrious father placed this chiropractic trust in our keeping to keep it pure and not sullied or defamed. We pass it on to you unstained to protect it as he would also have you do. As he passed on, so will we. We admonish you to keep this principle and practice unadulterated and unmixed. Humanity needed then what he gave us. You need what we now give you. Out there in those great open spaces are multitudes seeking what you possess. The burdens are heavy. The responsibilities are many. Obligations are providential. But the satisfaction of traveling the populated highways and byways, relieving suffering, prolonging lives, adding millions of years to lives of millions of suffering people will bring forth satisfactions and glories with greater blessings than you can think. Time is of the essence. May God flow from above down his bounteous strengths, courages, and understandings to carry on. And may your innates receive and act on that free flow of wisdom from above down inside out. For you have in your possession a sacred trust. Guard it well. You have in your possession a sacred trust. Guard it well. That's B.J. Palmer's last words to us from 1961 before he passed away in the book called The Glory of Going On. And I love reading this. It's, this is what, this is, bless you. This is my favorite paragraphs to read to this class. My favorite paragraphs to read because this inspires me because it makes me keep on thinking of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right? Why are we doing what I'm doing? And I'm going to kind of give you a little illustration. Um, this is an article that I read a couple of years ago um, about autism is in the Journal of Pediatrics. And it's called Six Developmental Trajectories Characterize Children with Autism. And what it goes to say, I'll scroll down a little bit here, um, what it goes to say, like in this chart right here, is it shows you that there are six different uh, lines or, or trajectories that uh, they have found, according to this article, that a typical autistic child will take. You know, and if you look at this, uh, it's either there's, there's nothing, or there's a little recovery, or there's a lot of recovery, right? Uh, and that's what they're, what, they, what they're saying is a typical thing that happens with a typical autistic child in a typical pediatric practice and watching what a typical child will typically do. But I'd like to suggest that there's another trajectory that is not here, <coughs> right? And that trajectory applies to a child with autism, and that trajectory applies to a kid with ADHD, and it applies to a kid with asthma, and it applies to an adult with back pain, and adults with headaches, and kids with concu or adults with concussions, and all the other stuff, right? I think there's an unexplainable trajectory. If you look at it from a medical point of view, right, you look at, and, and I think there's one that goes from here and goes up like this, that is not listed on this, and that's the chiropractic trajectory, right? So I started adjusting a little autistic girl uh, just a few weeks ago, and who almost had no eye contact and had very scattered language. And the girl is now holding my hand, has amazing eye contact and unbelievable verbal changes. The mom's yesterday like, I can't get her to shut up now. <laughs> right? That's a different trajectory. That's not on this chart. That is not there. Right? We had another autistic boy the other day. He was kind of fidgeting as I was adjusting him. And I said, hey, buddy, let's, let's and a lot, a lot of times what I'll do with, a, with children on the spectrum is I'll sing to them. I will not give you an example, but, the, <laughs> but I'll sing like the ABCs with them, and I'll say, hey, like, let's, 
and sometimes just, just singing will calm him down, you know. Um, so I started singing, and then he started singing with me. And you know what his dad said with tears in his eyes when he's done? I didn't even know my son knew the ABCs. Right? Don't tell me that this is it. Right? I am tired of that. I am telling you that there's a different trajectory. There's a chiropractic trajectory. And you know what? It may never be able to be measured. And who the hell cares? Right? We don't have the technology to measure what we do. There is no technology out there. And randomized, I just was talking to the doctor, randomized control trials, you have any random? I don't really care. Your randomized control trials are making this, right? Your randomized control trials, I don't care what they do, right? I know something happens. At some point in time, maybe not my lifetime, maybe not your lifetime, at some point in time, we'll be able to measure what it is we do, right? There's some device that will be invented that'll actually measure somehow the adjustment and the innate intelligence and the, the brain and all this other stuff. And I, I know people like Heidi Harvick is, is working on stuff like this and there are other people out there, but we're still so far away, right, from really figuring it out. But I know what I see, right? And I know what my patients see and I know what, what <clears throat> the patients report to us, right? <clears throat> and that's different. That's a different trajectory. So even though these might be the standard trajectories, my suggestion is that there's another trajectory. My suggestion is that there's something very different about these kids who get adjusted, right? And one of the most important differences that I see with, within this trajectory is socialization changes. There's social engagement changes, right? You guys have to read the polyvagal theory book. I talk about it in my advanced classes. You guys got to read stuff about the polyvagal theory. I, that is the number one thing that Dr. Porsche, the author of that book, talks about is social engagement. And what we see with these kids, like I said, this one little girl, she did not have eye contact. Now she has eye contact, right? It's because you're re-socializing. You're taking kids who are not social and making them social. Another boy yesterday, he's been in the practice for maybe six months or so. <clears throat> Uh, and he's seen one of my interns the whole time that he's been there, uh, and, and she's graduating. So it was very interesting yesterday. He was, she was talking with him, and she said, can I have a hug? This is the last time I'm going to see you. And he looked at her, and he said, wait, you're not going to be here anymore? And right in the eyes, right? Like, this is, this is a real conversation. This isn't some scatterbrain ADHD conversation. It's real. You're not going to be there anymore? And... She said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm, you know, I'm going to another state. And he, all, like tears in his eyes, and he went around and he hugged her, right? And it was just amazing just watching this interaction, watching the change that we see. That's a trajectory you can't measure, right? You might be able to, to measure and take some sort of standardized, but you really can't see it, right, on a piece of paper. But when I see what I see with my own two eyes, like, that's a hell of a change if you knew where that kid was before and where he is now. And we see this over and over and over and over again. And it's the adults too, right? The adults with back pain and neck pain, all that kind of stuff too. So you can, you can talk about trajectories with that also. It's just not my cup of tea, you know? It's just not my thing. I don't see Medicare patients. I don't want to see Medicare patients, right? We actually turn them away. We tell them, go see another chiropractor. Because it's just not my thing. Not that it's bad, not that it's wrong. I'm not interested, right? We don't take insurance. I don't care that people want to use their insurance. I'm not interested in using their insurance. We don't take insurance, right? You can't be successful without taking insurance. <laughs> yes, you can. 
right? Then I don't know what I'm doing. Am I anomaly? No, a lot of my friends don't take insurance, right? Pediatric practices insurance don't get along very well. Right, what does Cigna say about what I do with a kid under age six? Do you know? Anybody worked in a chiropractic practice before? What does Cigna say about kids under age six? There's two words. Experimental investigational. That's how they deny my claims for years. Experimental investigational. No matter what happened, no matter what result, experimental investigational. When I adjusted a pregnant woman uh, and helped her, experimental investigational. I'm like, after a while, I, you know, I don't need your, your stuff. I don't want to play your game anymore. I'm not interested. Someone wants to use insurance, here's a bill. You can send it to them, collect it yourself. I'm not playing. I want to play the game where the trajectory isn't listed in a pediatrics journal. It isn't listed on Cigna or Aetna or Blue Cross or United's website. I am not interested in playing their game. I don't want to play a game that says I can't see more than 50 people in a day. That's not possible in my, in, in my, in my construct, right? Because that's what these things say. You will not see more than a certain number of people per day. You will not see kids like this. You will not use Activator. You will not use Network. You will not use anything unless we tell you it's okay to use. I'm like, I'm not interested in your stuff. I'm not going to have someone who's never seen the patient, never been to chiropractic school, tell me what I should do. I'm uninterested. Right? Because I want to see the trajectories I want to see. I do not want to be limited because the innate intelligence is not limited. Why should I limit what I can do to help that per restore that person's health back to where it's supposed to? Why should I be limited? Because you want to limit me. Right? Because what I see when that kid comes in is unlimited potential. What I see is anything is possible. Now, does that mean it's always possible? No, of course not. Does every kid who walk in get amazing results? No. Does every person who comes into your clinic here with back pain get amazing results? No. It's just the way it is, right? There's so many other factors, so many other layers, so many of the filters we got to get through, right? And that's their big complaint. Well, you know, if, if a chiropractor really worked, then it should work in everybody. <laughs> well, that's just as stupid as saying, well, Tylenol doesn't work in everybody either, right? Like, what a dumb comment. Right? I, I, I really think about these kind of things. Well, the randomized, you don't have any of these randomized control trials. Well, but the, you, so you, what you've done is create great success through your randomized control trials. And look at the sickness of our country. We have the number one infant mortality of any industrialized country of the world. We have one of the lowest uh, health rates of any industrialized country of the world. We have more pregnant women having uh, problems than any other industrialized country. We have more women who are having uh, all kinds of issues getting pregnant more than any other industrialized country. What? So your RCTs made this? I'm not interested. Right? You come up with another way to measure something. You come up, not that you shouldn't, if someone can come up with an RCT for chiropractic, that'd be great. But how do you do that? Right? How do you do a sham adjustment? Right? You can give a placebo. Right? So I get that using a placebo. Right? You put, give them a sugar pill instead of regular. Okay. So that's, you can absolutely measure that. But if I touch someone, right? If I just put my hands on someone like this and say, well, that's a sham adjustment. Well, but, but that person's got energy. I just put my energy into his energy, right? And how is that different necessarily than, than certain kinds of adjustments, like a best adjustment or a network adjustment or a BGI, right? You can't just say, put your hands on, right? This is what I activate. You can do an activator sham adjustment. And I'm just going to put the activator like this and actually not thrust it. But just the, the act of putting it in the area that it's supposed to be in, the body is desperate for this stuff. Do you understand that? The body is desperate for help. 
The body wants to help. So you put, give it a sugar pill, who cares, right? But you put, some, you put either your hand or an adjusting instrument near the area where it's supposed to be, and the body is saying, thank you, right? So they say, well, we see, there was a, a study done a couple years ago on kids with ear infections, and, uh, and they did some uh, adjustments and some sham adjustments, and they said, well, there's really no difference. Of course there's no difference. The hands were still on the right place, right? And that's what I want you guys to think about, right? So, so stopping, I, like I am as scientific as they come, right? I read the journals, I talk about this kind of stuff in my lectures, and when I go around for the ICPA and stuff, it's just in Portland, what a beautiful city that is. And so, it, so I, I love science and I use science, but it, I don't hang my hat on science alone, right? What is chiropractic? Science, art, and philosophy. That's what BJ taught us. It's a science, art, and philosophy. It's not one, it's not two, it's three things. It's a three-legged stool. A three-legged stool will only work if there's three legs on it. You try to sit on a three-legged stool that only has got two legs, you're gonna wobble, right? It's very different. So I want you to think about those trajectories. I want you to think that there's something else going on here. I want you to think <clears throat> that just because we can't measure it doesn't mean it's bad. And understand realistically that what we do isn't gonna work on everybody, but that's not the point. We're not looking for a panacea. We're not looking for somebody that's gonna work on everybody. What we're looking for is if someone comes into our office, may it help, may it help, right? Right, <clears throat> we were talking the other day with Dr. Tony Evil, and he was mentioning this one thing I thought was really cool. He said, you know, we used to be the last resort, right? We were the last place to come. Now we're not the last resort anymore, right? Now we're the second to last resort. And what's the last resort? It's drugs, right? That's the last resort for these kids. You know, the moms come and say, I don't want my kid on Ritalin. I don't want my kid on Prozac. I don't want my kid on Buspar. I don't want my kid on these things. I'm trying to avoid those things, right? So if this doesn't work, okay, maybe I can go there. But I don't want to do that. Like, we're now the second to last resort. We're moving up, right? We're moving up the ladder. So I really want you to think about this. I want you to think about the power that you have. And this is the last time I might see some of you guys, unless you take the electives, which you all, if you're interested in the, the, the you know, learning how to take care of kids, please take the electives. Because <clears throat> we would take this to another level. Um, you know, this class is on like a skyrocket level, if that's what you're into. Um, but if this is the last time you're gonna hear you know, me, then please read the green books, right? Please read the green books. Please educate yourself on what chiropractic is, right? There's a lot of uh, information like Susan, Yoakum, stuff that like we talked about before you have to learn, right? But do the stuff that you don't have to pass the boards with, but that will make you a better chiropractor, right? Read the three books I told you a couple of weeks ago, right? Think and Grow Rich, Richest Man in Babylon, Seven Habits, because that'll make you a better person, right? So don't just read and learn about things that you need to learn to pass some boards, right? Use this time to make sure that when you guys leave this school in a year, year and a half or so, that you guys are well-trained, right? Training, training, you should be like as good as you could possibly be when you leave. Not rough around the edges as much as, you, as some of you, oh, I'm just gonna wait until I'm in practice for a bit and that's when I, no, right? Train now, become the best you can be now, right? Don't limit yourself because they need you. These kids need you. The ones over here, they especially need. The ones that have that are flat line over here where the, they start over here and 14 months later that nothing happens, they need you, right? But they need you to be as good as you can be as, as soon as you get out there, right? There's no waiting time, there's no delay, right? We've got a lot of work to do.